Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, May 10th, 2021. It has been 207 days since Tony nominations were announced. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. The 200, I mean, once, now that we're at 200, it just really feels it's, aggressive. I mean, it, it would be funny if it wasn't pathetic. Um, yep. But, Ashley, believe it or not, we actually had people lining up at the stage door of a Broadway theater to greet a cast this weekend. Um, I don't remember if I talked with you about this or with with Grace last week, but we mentioned the fact that Come From Away was kind of around the time when they would be filming. I wasn't sure if they'd already finished filming. Or yeah, they... you, and, you and I talked about it. We okay. weren't sure if they'd already done it. And yeah, there's filming Apparently, this they month, had not. starting yeah. and ending. Yeah, starting and ending in May, according to DB. Yeah, I don't think that it's um, a long shoot, probably a couple days, but they, uh, they were filming over the weekend and a ton of fans lined up to greet them. The security based off the video that we saw was really good, making sure that they were mm-hmm. keeping people separate from the performers so that there wasn't any you know potential spread of, of disease or anything unfortunately that also happened around the same time that there was a shooting in Times Square um, fortunately it did not sound like any bystanders were hurt but a mother and her young child both were shot last I heard they were in stable condition in the hospital um, I, at the time that I heard I don't believe that they had uh, caught the suspect as of yeah, then I don't- I don't think they still have, yeah. Yeah, so um, obviously a scary thing anytime there's a shooting anywhere, especially in Times Square when there's, even during the pandemic, there's so many people uh, there anyway. So I'm um, thinking mm-hmm. about the victims in that and uh, encouraging everyone to stay safe and for Congress to get off their ass and do something about gun legislation. Yep. Also, over the weekend, in um, less scary news on This Week on Broadway, Peter, James, and Michael, welcome to the legendary Kathleen Chalfont. Um, she is talking about the Year of Magical Thinking, which she is doing with the Keen Company. It starts uh, its availability on um, Thursday, May 13th in the morning, and then is available to stream through Sunday, May 16th at midnight. It is a benefit broadcast um, of this uh, one-woman show uh, by Joan Didion. Um, also, obviously, she's had just an unbelievable, remarkable career, uh, and they get into all of mm-hmm. that on This Week on Broadway. Of course, if you want to hear those episodes before anybody else and potentially sit in on all of the interviews, you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. All right, Ashley, let's get into the news on Friday. Very exciting. Second Stage announced its 2021-22 season of Broadway and Off-Broadway productions. The Broadway season will kick off this fall at the Helen Hayes Theater with the previously announced production of Clyde's by Lynn Nottage, which is a sequel slash spinoff of her Pulitzer Prize winning play Sweat. The show will be directed by Kate Morisky. The specific dates will be announced. Then in spring 2022, the oft-delayed revival of Richard Greenberg's play Take Me Out will finally hit the stage. And then in the fall of 2022, this is the one that uh, is was is kind of uh, a new addition to the schedule. Stephen Adley Geerges' Pulitzer Prize winning play Between Riverside and Crazy will make its Broadway debut, directed by Austin Pendleton, who also did the off-Broadway version. Speaking of Off-Broadway, Second Stage will bring Rajiv Joseph's Letters to Suresh uh, to the Tony Kaiser Theater. This is actually kind of a sequel of a previous 
Rajiv Joseph second stage collaboration. This one will be directed by May Adralis. Then in the spring, J.C. Lee's play To My Girls will debut, directed by Stephen Brackett. Now, actually, Second Stage also announced a new program called Flip the Script. They are making a subscription for all five productions incredibly cheap to audience members 30 years and younger. I'm not offended that I'm no longer eligible, but whatever. Um, But youngsters (laughs) out there can purchase the series of all five shows, three Broadway, two off-Broadway, for a grand total of $140. Just head to 2st.com. Calm. Uh, Ashley, all of this is very exciting. Yeah. That flip the script is very exciting. But thinking about the five shows, again, three Broadway, two off Broadway, <laughs> yeah. which one are you most excited um, about potentially seeing should things go according to plan? I think I'm always excited to see something by Lynn Nottage. So that's probably Clyde is probably top of my list, uh, or Clyde's is probably top of my list, um, especially for as incredible as sweat is and i just recently reread it and will probably <laughs> re re read it mm-hmm. uh, before that you know uh actually is mounted at the helen hayes um i think i'm always pretty excited about what second stage has to offer i love going to second yeah. stage so so the flip the script program is especially amazing i also i mean <laughs> I actually don't know if I will qualify because I'm turning 30. It, was it 30 and you, under? It is. Or 30? It is 30 okay. years so, and younger. So you excellent. qualify. So yeah. I still qualify. That's pretty good. Congratulations. I mean, I get comped anyway. Let's be realistic. Um, but I mean, yeah. how incredible is that? That it's, it, you know, doing the math, it's $28 per show. There's not really anywhere no, that you're you going to see. That anything cheaper than that and what's great is that both the Hayes and the kaiser like even for 28 bucks if you're in the last row those are yeah. phenomenal seats those are not big houses there's there, i was just about to say helen hayes is about i think what 599 seats yeah. and then it's a you know um the kaiser's an off-broadway theater so it's by definition small and it's a great house i mean there's it, like you said yeah. there's small houses and there's not a bad seat in the house i've sat in the back row actually at both of those houses so i can verify that there for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I also love second stage stuff. And what I love about second stage stuff is even when I see things that I don't necessarily love, like things where I'm like, nah, that didn't work for me. I'm always yeah. impressed with the risks that they take with the content sure. that they put on stage. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just um, a company that I think does really interesting work. And I, I hope continues to do things to get young and diverse audiences into their theaters and you know i off the top of my head it's been so and they long seem co- and they seem committed to it like yeah from what i've at least gathered from them even in this off season of sorts like they at least seem like they're semi-interested <laughs> in uh actually making their stages and behind the scenes diverse yeah and i don't as i was to say i don't remember it's been so long now like it, everything kind of m- melts away is that a is that a uh, Bridges mm-hmm. of Madison County? No, it's fades sure. away. There um, you go. You were close. I was you were close. close. But like, I can't it remember. It all melts away. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen <laughs> Pasquale. Um, so, but yeah, like, I think they normally have a fairly diverse slate of writers and directors. So hopefully this continues and they are definitely positioned because of their little niche of being 
in the smallest Broadway house, or if not the smallest, close to the smallest. Yeah, it's the uh, smallest. Yeah, that they're kind of probably able to do things um, that are a little bit more risky and still be able to be profitable because they have subscriptions. Yeah. Because they're in a tiny house that's already built in. So um, I'm excited to see this season. I'm excited to see um, what comes next. The one I'm most excited for is Between Riverside and Crazy. I missed it yeah. off Broadway. And uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson, who was a recent This Week on Broadway guest, I'm assuming mm-hmm. will be back to lead that show. Um, but we will have to wait and see. Uh, Ron Cephas Jones was in the remount uh, off Broadway. Yeah. He was not yeah. in it originally, but if he joins it as well like that, two-time Emmy winner get on. Ron Cephas Jones like that uh, just makes it even better. So... All right, Ashley, before we get into the rest of the news for today, let's take a second to talk about our sponsor for this week. You know him, you love him, Upstart.com. We all know we've been talking about this for weeks now. It is absolutely a nightmare to have to try to deal with paying off credit card debt, whether it's from trying to supplement your life living paycheck to paycheck, trying to survive a pandemic, or just trying to live in this world in which baby boomers continue to take all of the good stuff (laughs) and leave all the scraps for people that are younger than them. But... You, you do have help out there. You don't have to go it alone. That's what Upstart.com is here to do. Baby boomers, please direct your letters of complaint to Matt no, at J- Broadway Radio. James uh, at Broadway Radio. James at Broadway Radio.com. Yeah, as we keep talking about, though, Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan. And you can do it all online. This is the 21st century, so you got to do it online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, you can get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than your credit score, which we hate. Instead, looks at actually useful things like your income and employment history. Amazing. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And maybe most importantly, you get that money fast. You receive your funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. That's pretty darn fast. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Broadway. That's upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash Broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income, certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash Broadway. All right, Ashley, let's get back into the news. On Friday, the Broadway League announced the hiring of Janine Scott as the organization's first ever director of equity, diversity, and inclusion. Scott comes from a vaguely similar position. I'm sure there's going to be some differences with the Omaha Performing Arts, which she held for seven years. She has obviously experience in the arts, in HR, as well as a um, leader and consultant in diversity, equity, and inclusion. According to Broadway League President Charlotte St. Martin, quote, We are so thrilled to have Janine join the Broadway League with 20 years of experience and a lifelong passion for the arts. She will be a crucial member of the team as Broadway returns, and we keep doing the work to achieve equity and inclusion and creating a workforce that reflects our communities and our country. Uh, Ashley, it sounds like Scott is 
eminently qualified for the position and has a track record yeah. of creating and implementing and running initiatives that have successfully created considerable strides in terms of equity and inclusion, both in the actual like hierarchy of the organization that she's worked for, as well as in the audiences that they bring to their, their events. So I'm super excited to have her leading this initiative for, for sure. the Broadway League. I just hope that she is given the power and autonomy to <laughs> implement her ideas and visions from the Broadway League. I mean, yeah, here's hoping. We had a bit of a conversation about this on, I guess, yeah, on Friday uh, via text. And we, we were pretty sure that they had announced this position, although I didn't really remember that. They announced yeah, they were the doing position. a search, yeah. Right, exactly, which I've since looked at. Um but hadn't announced her. So that's very exciting that they've found somebody and found somebody who seems so uniquely qualified for this position. I'm so disenchanted by the league. I mean, who is she at this point? Um, that I can't even, I, I, I don't have any optimism for them specifically, but I at least have optimism, uh, that Scott is going to, it, it, as you said, if she's given the power and autonomy to actually do things, is actually going to make a change within the organization, within the industry. I hope this means now that the league is going to, I mean, from what it seems like, they haven't talked to people like Broadway yeah. Advocacy Coalition. So I hope that means that we're actually going to see some of that going forward. But I will believe it when I see it, I guess. I would have to imagine that one of her first orders of business when she gets to New York, if she's not there already, or I guess she could do it virtually if she has sure. to. But once she's on the job, I would imagine talking to all of the stakeholders who yeah. are involved in this is immediate. And that is not yeah. only the Broadway League, but also the performers and the workers and, and all of those folks. So I'm sure that she will talk to all of these organizations that have um, kind of been leading this charge over the past year um, as soon as humanly I'm possible. Sure I'm yeah. sure of it. I have faith in her. I'm just, again, I'm so disenchanted and, you know, discouraged by them that it took them to mm -hmm. hire somebody specifically in this position to even have a conversation. Like, that's what's frustrating. And I think it's great that they have somebody in this position and again, someone who seems so incredibly qualified, but the fact that this position had to exist and one had to exist and two had to be created in the first place for them to even open their mouths at all in terms of equity. I, I don't think that I think there's too much change that needs to be done for this organization to put on the back of one person. Yeah. All right. Actually, before we close out the show today, we, um, I do have a recommendation. It's not necessarily a feel good one, uh, but yeah. before we get to <laughs> it, I want to get everybody caught up on the news that leads to this recommendation. On late Thursday night, as is his often want, the London Daily Mail's Baz Bomaboy reported that an all new production of the Candor and Ebb classic Cabaret was being prepped for the West End staged and that Tony and Oscar winner and erstwhile big screen Marius, Eddie Redmayne is in final talks to play the MC and British stage and screen star Jesse Buckley is close to signing on to play Sally Bowles. The production is expected to begin performances at Playhouse Theater in November 2021. So that's the setup. The recommendation is an Instagram post from actor Mason Alexander Park. Um, I don't know when, and I'm not 
sure where was it? It might have been a Robbie Roselle show at 54 Below. I can't remember. Um, But I saw Mason perform at a cabaret at some point, and they are absolutely tremendous. If you are not familiar with their work, they are so, so incredible. Um, They were a Jimmy nominee back in 2012. They were the standby Hedwig on the last national tour for um Darren so Chris and then you and Morton um and they played the MC most appropriately opposite old friend Alexandra Silber at the only theater in Washington DC back in 2019 and for their performance Park became the first non-binary person to win the uh the prestigious Helen Hayes award for best performance in Washington DC yeah. theater now Mason made a longish not Super long, but long for an Instagram post um, about their thoughts uh, about another cishet actor playing the MC, a character who has been <sighs> either coded or overtly <laughs> at least queer, if not completely gender nonconforming, dating dating all the way back to when Joel Gray and director Hal Prince, you know, really created mm-hmm. the role. Um, and keep in mind that Redmayne already faced similar backlash around his Oscar winning role as a real life. That's what trans- I came to say. <laughs> yeah, he, he played a real life transgender painter in uh, The Danish Girl. Um, so Mason writes in part, quote, we should be doing more to give the limited opportunities that exist in our industry for gender variant storytelling and roles to those who have actual experience with those identities. I'm getting so worn out from having to explain why it's important to properly represent gender on stage and screen when trans and non-binary people are currently being systemically hunted with abhorrent mm-hmm. legislation and record-breaking violence, murder, and suicide rates. Demand more from producers, directors, and audiences. We deserve better. Um, I do want to point out that according to Baz, and we don't have a ton of details on this, that this is an all-new production was Baz's terminology. So I don't think, I think that means it's a new staging. It's not another revival of the last revival of the last Sam Mendes, Rob Marshall mm. revival. So, But even if they aren't doing the Alan Cumming version of the MC, which is very much gender nonconforming, it's pretty much always been played as bi or gay or queer in some form dating back again to Joel Gray. So mm-hmm. I highly encourage you to read the entire post. Um, but Mason coupled it with their performance of I Don't Care Much from the Olney Center. And it looks kind of like a pro shot um, version of it, or at least a, a really good house cam. It is tremendous, both in terms of their vocals and the acting. Um, I have little doubt that Mason has the skills to be a big Broadway star. They are, yeah, they are getting ready to co-star in the upcoming Netflix live action adaptation of the Japanese, Japanese anime series, Cowboy Bebop. So I'm hoping that this raises their profile a little bit so they can actually mm-hmm. make their Broadway debut sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't, ass- I, first of all, I'm a big fan of Mason. Um, and one of my favorite performances actually they did. I don't care much at Green Room 42, which is, which is on YouTube for a like Broadway Sings Pride event a few years ago. I think like the, like a couple months before the pandemic, cause it was at a weird point of the year. Um, so uh, first of all, I just want to get that out and say that they're amazing. And I couldn't have said all of this better than they could have. Um, when I saw the news, I was 
very frustrated. And like many people, my first thought was about the Danish girl, Eddie Redmayne and the Danish girl, which he won his Oscar for playing Lily. And uh, we all in the community had the same reactions to that as we're having now. And things just don't seem to change. We're seeing awful, awful legislature and uh, legislature anti-trans legislature that have been you know as old as time but especially increasing in the last few months ongoing violence against trans and non-binary people and so to see you know as the argument always goes and the righteous argument always goes is that you know, cis people want to play trans roles or non-binary roles, but non-binary and trans people aren't getting the cis roles. Like, it would be different if the casting was in equal measures, yeah. but it mm-hmm. never, ever is. Um, and as you said, MC has always been written queer in some capacity for Joel Grey, who's more asexual. Um, and then with Alan Cumming, he obviously became very highly sexualized and usually presented as bi or pan or just, you know, overtly queer in some way. So this has always been a queer role, whether it's an asexual character or it's a pansexual character. Uh, or if it's just, you know, a non-binary, gender non-conforming character. It's always been a queer character. That is the way that it's written. That is the way that it should be performed. And it should be played by queer people. And it should preferably be played by... <laughs> it should preferably be played by non-binary, gender non-conforming actors. But that's an argument that I'm willing to at least toss around. It shouldn't be played by Eddie Redmayne. There is no variation that I can imagine where Eddie Redmayne is playing the MC, And it's insulting that really any queer actors, cis or trans, keep getting overlooked for roles that, again, are so overtly queer. And, you know, it's one thing because I don't think Eddie Redmayne, I mean, I think Eddie Redmayne's a, a tremendous actor. I mean, I, I, I think he's fantastic. And it would be different I think to me a little bit, if this was the first time this had come up, you know, like if, it, if, if he had yes. never done the Danish girl and you're like, Hey, okay. I mean, MC, like it's a new production. Maybe they're going to play the character very straight. You can shrug it off a little bit uh, more, but, I guess. but yeah, I mean, you can rationalize that one, but with his history of this happening, it just makes me wonder how oblivious he is. Uh, with a good reading of it and how much he doesn't care in a bad reading. And I don't want to do that because I think he's a, yeah. from every interview I've seen of him, he seems like a good dude. And I just don't understand where the disconnect is to continue to have to talk about this Money. with him. Money. Maybe, maybe, but Eddie Redmayne could star in whatever musical he wanted to in the West End. You know, like could he's do. a big enough star. Um, that he could do whatever. And so I don't, I don't know. It's just frustrating. But I we- still think that's, uh, yes, he could do whatever he wants. But if you're still driven by greed over principle, then it doesn't really sure. matter. You'll take whatever is there for you. And if Fair Cabaret point. is being offered and that's what he wanted to do and he saw no reason to not do it, even though I could write a list down my wall, <laughs> then I, like, I, I don't know what to say to that other than. <laughs> everyone in the industry clearly needs to do better because if actors are going to keep taking roles that are not fit for them and should not be performed by them as cis people and as straight people, I'm assuming he's straight. I don't know if he's bisexual or anything. Uh, 
then it's up to the people who are putting on the shows to know to do better. It's always up to the people who are putting on the shows to do better. Like, he shouldn't have been cast in the first place. And I will say, no one has officially been cast. No official casting has been announced, according to Baz. These sure, people are the in fi- final, ne- final negotiations means they've been cast, yeah. usually, unless there's pushback. Yeah, and that might be where this, uh, what happens from this, who knows. But yep. Anyway, that is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right, we are getting off our soapboxes for the rest of today. Have a wonderful Monday, and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow.